We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome into the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Friday, April seventh, twenty seventeen. DJ Trainer here, joined by Shannon McEwen and live in person, Ken K Train Kreitz. That's right, baby. That train whistle coming from you right here in Madison. Flew in just for this pod, DJ. That's great. I I, I can grab both their nipples from where I'm sitting. I'm, and I'm afraid of that. I'm definitely afraid of that. Before we get into Coming too in. much tomfoolery, yeah. this podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Megaphone, and directly on the Rotowire website itself. I have no idea where this podcast is going to lead. Uh, feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You know we'd love to have it. Yes, NBA season is winding down. This is going to be the last three Amigos podcast of the season, and therefore we flew in Ken Kreitz from Vermont to do it in person. This is the first time we've ever actually done a podcast, all three in the same room. Like I said, tingling with excitement. uh, Yeah, it's it's (laughs) it's going to be something. So, like always, we're going to go into some top news. We're going to review maybe some of our other in-season bets that we tacked on to the last time we reviewed all our in-season bets. 
Broad topic today is are going to be our annual Myers Leonard picks, aka the players that we already think way too highly of heading into next season. And then we're going to talk a little Friday FanDuel DFS as we always do, although I will give a mention and a warning that it is getting very hard to play FanDuel and is especially very hard right now for the NBA to suggest picks, record it, post it, and then have things stay the same leading up to lineup lock. That's almost impossible at this point in the season, Use Shannon. Use the Rotowire daily lineups. Use the Rotowire daily lineups option. Yeah, it's just a crazy time of the year where you see so many random people uh, put into the rotation. So many teams tanking or resting players because they already have their playoff seed locked in. Uh, you have teams like the Magic last night said that Terrence Ross wasn't going to play the second half. And then he ended up playing a little bit in the second yeah. half. Uh, it's just impossible to predict. It's very difficult to predict minutes and rotation and everything right now for th- you know 20 of the 30 teams. So we'll dive into a little bit of the strategy at the very end of this podcast. But Ken, like we always do, just because you're here in person doesn't mean you can't get out of leading us here in the top news on this Friday morning. Thank you, brother. I'm honored. Let's start with Shannon's Pistons. Not sure this is earth-shattering news, but... Uh, uh, SV, uh, SVG came out and said they're sitting Jackson for the rest of the season. And, you know, he's already been down five games. Ishmith's been looking awfully good. I like his stat line over the last five games. Huh, Shannon? Good riddance. Good ooh, riddance. Ooh, ooh. Jackson, Jackson's just uh, – I'm not a fan of his anymore. Um, at first I thought – when he first came to Detroit, I, I, I liked his attitude. Um, I thought he might be a good fit for that team. But but he's just a sourpuss. Uh he, he, I'm I'm glad he's hurt. This team has played better, even though they've played like like poop for the past two three weeks. Overall, they've played better with Ish Smith in the starting lineup this season than with than Jackson. So so on that end, I'm happy Smith is in. Smith doesn't have as high of a ceiling from a DFS or, or, or season long standpoint as Reggie Jackson, but but as his averages over the past five, the seventeen five and five indicate, he has plenty of value and he's a good option if if you're still allowed to pick up people for your championship run. So uh, you, know, you know, I'm just going to jump in. So Van Gundy's quote, where he's sort of, kind of, maybe letting Jackson off the hook. What he said was, uh, "My goal is to have Jackson back better than." He ever was, and I think we can get to that because I think he's learned a lot from this whole situation, too. I think he's healthier and healthier. I think he'll be 100% when next year starts, and I think he'll be better mentally with the whole thing. Well, I mean, that, that was the problem, right? He wasn't healthy coming into the year, probably never got to 100%, and he was he was playing like poop because of it. I mean, especially on the defensive end, he just couldn't cover anyone. Um, his pick-and-roll offense uh, was, was impacted in negative sense dramatically. Uh, so it's hopefully it's all just injury-related, and he comes back stronger and healthy next year. Pennies on the dollar. That's what they're gonna. That's what SVG is gonna try to get for him, or will accept for him this off season. Jackson has three more years remaining on this contract. He'll be making sixteen, seventeen, and then eighteen million dollars. But guess what? There's a team out there. There's two teams that would gladly take on that contract. I'm talking about the Brooklyn Nets, and I'm talking about the Sacramento Kings. That you know, obviously, that's just me 
uh, hoping and thinking that that's going to happen. Because given that quote, I, I think that's all. Shannon, you said poop. I'll say BS. I, I think SVG wants Jackson out of there. Uh, you don't. You don't. You don't move a guy to the bench that still has three years on your contract. And and at one point you said he was your best player. And so well, I think th- I think they're done with him. But what that's got me thinking, as somebody who has Ish Smith in our keeper league for only a dollar, maybe I need to hang on to him because do you think that there's any possibilities? that he could be their starting point guard for the duration of next year, Shannon. It's very unlikely because if if this team gets rid of Reggie Jackson, their main offseason goal is going to be finding a replacement, a new number one point guard, you know, a new lead dog for the entire team. I think I, I agree with you. I don't I agree with you. I think SVG is going to blow up the entire roster. Um, I don't think anyone's safe. You know, Reggie Jackson, if they can find a taker, I think they'll happily give him away. Um, but I think everyone's available. Pope. Drummond. Pope. Pope. No. Yeah. Pope, Pope's an unrestricted uh, restricted free agent this offseason anyways. The, so. the talk so far is that he they've, like, under the table, he's going to come back and they've agreed to it. But, I mean, still. They're I, talk, I, teams are talking about throwing him a max deal. Right. So and, Well, somebody like the Brooklyn Nets have been very aggressive, and they should be because they don't have a lot of room to stand on. <laughs> right. And they'd be one of those teams that offer, like, a Tyler Johnson type of contract that would really, if nothing else, force the hand of one of their Eastern Conference competitors and strap them for cash. By the way, guys, Detroit has the third highest payroll in the NBA this season and this is what they have to show for it yeah well portland has the second highest and they're not very good either yeah that's true all right next bit of news ken okay uh by the way quality salary information there dj thank you ken all right make sure item two celtics pooping the bed lost again 123 116 to the hawks and to me the clear problem is the problem the celtics all season rebounding they were out rebound 52 to 38 last night in the Cavs loss earlier, they're out rebounded 51 to 38, and that was without Tristan Thompson uh, playing for the Cavs. In uh, the Hawks win, Hardaway led the way with 23 points, five boards, five assists, and a steal. Threw in two threes. You know what I learned from this? I learned that Danny Ainge, who I think is one of the best Here team we leaders, Here we go. Uh, in the NBA. Should have dealt for Ibaka. Should have given up Terry Rozier. You got all those assets. You can draft another Terry Rozier. And they needed a rebounder. Is Ibaka the best rebounder? No, but was he the best rebounder available? Yes. Probably. So, okay, I get that. But do you think, as the Celtics fan, that that is a very short-term solution? But would you have been all on board? See, See, my biggest thing here is that Danny Ainge has to be, right, just as a human being, has to be so afraid to make the wrong move because people will judge him for decades and decades and decades if he fails to capitalize on these, you know, this war chest uh, of, of prospects and of picks that he has. So I think he's being as conservative as possible, and he doesn't even want to do a deal here, deal there. Well, he wasn't going to be throwing in those Nets picks to I know. Ibaka. You know, right. Like, he was just, that would have been just a chip. That would have been just a small section of the war chest to rent, admittedly rent Ibaka for a third of a season before he becomes a free agent. Anyway, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, I do like Terry Rozier's game, but it seems like a small price to pay for what was a glaring issue for the Celtics all year round. Do you think that they could beat the Cavs, Shannon, though, if they had Ibaka? No. I don't think anyone will, will beat the Cavs this year, uh, no matter Ange, what moves they made. If, and Danny Ange probably knows that, too. Yeah, if the Celtics would have got Jimmy Butler or Paul George and 
someone else to help with the rebounding, if they would have made like two big moves like that, then sure, yeah, they would be they could beat the Cavs. But even adding just one of those pieces, I don't think it would be enough to beat the Cavs this year. I hate to wave the I just hate to wave the white flag. They're they're close. Now close. Yeah. Yeah. Be- before we move on to the next news nugget, I want to talk a little bit about the Atlanta side. And and DJ, help me out with this guy's first name, Torian Prince. Yeah, that you Torian? got it. Is that right? Torian Prince. Torian Prince. Torian Prince had a pretty nice game last night against the Celtics. He played 41 minutes, uh, went 7 for 13 from the floor, a couple three-pointers, 20 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. He's been playing really well for Atlanta the last few weeks. Uh, and if you... If you're in a season-long league and you can pick someone up for the final three or four games, he's a good option to look at. He's only about 14% owned in Yahoo Leagues. So here's something I want to say, though, real quick. Um, and, and this kind of falls in line with our Myers-Leonard pick that we're going to get to later. But I know the Hawks are still fighting for a playoff spot. But even those teams do some funky things with their lineup that are not going to be indicative of what they're going to do next season. So I, lo- I think a lot of people, and maybe you guys will agree or disagree, put too much vested interest into this point in the season. It's their lasting memory in their brain mm. heading into next season's draft, mm. and then things go back to the way they were for you know 75 games, and, and you're stuck there with Torian Prince, and you drop him after the first week of next season. Well, the Hawks are looking for answers, though, right? They've been playing pretty poorly till recently. Shannon, what's your, you have a point. Torian Prince was a first-round draft pick in 2016. Yeah, 2016, 12th overall. Like He's a legit prospect. Right, but this guy is. I, I, I mean, even even though he's had some good games over the last you know few contests, I just don't think that he's somebody that's going to have standard league relevancy, even if he's given a starter's compliments of minutes. We'll okay, see. I uh, mean, he, right, you know what? You know what? This has the makings of a bet already for next season. So I don't think. I understand. I'm not comfortable enough to make yeah, a bet on Torian Prince. <laughs> thank you. This, that's the point the, I'm trying to make. Get all, some balls, gentlemen. Is, come on. Over the past two weeks, he's averaging 12.5, five rebounds, two steals, one three-pointer per game. He's playing 33 minutes per game. There's been some nights where Hardaway sits out or Baysmore or Cephalosha sit out. But this guy's getting minutes, and the reason why he's getting minutes is because he's earned them. He's doing it for a playoff team. He's playing really well for them. He's got pedigree, being a lottery pick. He could be on radars next year. It depends on what the Hawks do with their with their with uh, the rest of their roster. But I think Hardaway might be a free agent after this season. If I'm, I I'll, believe so. I'll look it up. But this is definitely this is definitely right. a Myers Leonard esque pick yes, for Shannon true. right now. This is for this year. It's not for next. Okay, year. Okay. All righty. All righty. Okay. I'll, I'll look up Hardaway's contract as we get into the next. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, item three. Alert. As alluded to at the beginning of the podcast. The Spurs are going to do their uh, almost semi-daily resting of stars. So for tonight's game against the Mavs, which kind of makes some sense, right? The Mavs are struggling. But uh, they're sitting Kawhi, they're sitting LMA, and they're sitting Gasol, all for rest. And they've already lost Ginobili and Green for a quad. So I don't know who the starting five are going to be for the Spurs. What? Uh, but it's going to be ugly, and clearly do not... Put any Spurs into your any starting Spurs into your DFS. Well, in the Spurs' previous game against the Lakers, Kawhi and and Lamarcus both only played like fourteen or fifteen minutes, and they're benched for the rest of the game. And, and Popovich basically just came out and said, "I'm not going to do. I'm not going to risk anything. Mm-hmm. It seems foolish to try to win this one game." And that game was actually entertaining as all hell because the Lakers were trying to lose the game as well. <laughs> they sat. They sat all of their main pieces. For the entire fourth quarter, with hopes of losing the game, and they still ended up beating a Spurs team that 
It's almost like Pop was trying to troll them, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we we go through this every year with the Spurs, right? I mean, they're they're so good. Uh, their seeding's usually locked up, one or two seed, whatever it may be. That this last stretch, they're gonna be resting some players. So this is gonna be a serious concern when you're setting your lineups for for that final stretch of games next week. Do you bother starting guys from the Spurs, no. from the Cavs, if they're locked in, or well, the Warriors? That brings well, up a broader... Math-wise, the Spurs are even more locked in this year than most. I mean, they're four yeah. and a half back of the Warriors, and they're seven games ahead of the Rockets. So right. they're they're not leaving that number two spot out west. Well, that brings up a broader topic um, for fantasy, where how many season-long leagues have their championship in the true final week of the regular season? Are you guys pro or con for that? I actually had... A quote unquote altercation in a league where we actually switched it where the championship was last week, but the league didn't know we switched it. So the guy that was in the championship didn't like make roster like late second roster moves and all this whatnot. Ooh. But in in general, are you guys in favor of of having a season long championship a couple weeks before the season ends so you're not messing with all these lineup changes? It's just like every other sport. It's it's like baseball. It's like football. You don't have your championship in football in week seventeen. Right. You don't do that. So you're you, saying you're in favor. Yes, of course. Case. So a head-to-head league, you have to have the championship be, you know, if not this weekend, I, I actually would prefer last weekend like you did with yeah. yours. That's what the way my hometown league was. Because um, even when you get up to this week, you have a lot of players resting like we saw with the Spurs. Rotisserie leagues, obviously you can't do that. You play the, the complete 82-game schedule, and that's fine. It's just I know I have – I have probably half of my roster in the staff keeper league that is at risk of sitting one of their two games next week. So I'm probably going to be starting some bums, Emmanuel Moutier and other guys who I normally wouldn't start over someone like Kawhi Leonard just because I know they're going to play two games. But you know this about the Spurs going into the draft. Like you need your point about uh, you give too much emphasis to the end of the season. But here's a scenario where you should. You know the Spurs last five or six years have been sitting guys, right? Well, not only the that, end. they do that during the regular season, and that's something that's definitely in my mind on day one. It's like, oh, I would love Kawhi, but do you know what I want Kawhi for 74 games compared to LeBron James, who might actually play 80 games? You know, there's a difference there, especially in rotisserie leagues. Well, it, it is tough, and that's why if you're a savvy owner, I wouldn't say that you necessarily steer away from those guys on draft day. But before the trade deadline, you make savvy oh, moves. Yes, you trade yes. away if if it's a if it's a head to head league like that, you trade away guys. Or or if it's a rotisserie league, rotisserie or head to head, you look at the remaining games. Sometimes when you get to the trade deadline, there'll be teams that have twenty games left, other teams that have seventeen or sixteen. Right. You capitalize on that and you trade for those guys who have more games left and give you more opportunity to accrue points. And I will say we usually do have a lot of good strategy articles on Rotowire in terms of breaking down the week by week and not only articles, but we actually have tools on Rotowire where you can go check and see week by week <clears throat> excuse me, during during a certain, you know, two dates it'll tell you how many teams have games. I remember I think three or four years ago the Warriors had an amazing amount of games in the last like three or four weeks of the season. It was right. it was so backloaded for whatever reason. And so back before Curry was Curry, but still pretty good. You know, you were getting four games a week from Curry during the championships, and that that won a lot of people championships. And if you had more Warriors, so I think we're all in favor of, of bumping it up because the season is so long. You're going to find out which teams are the best. You know, you know, ten weeks into the season, now, much less in your 16, alter- 17. In your altercation, though, you probably should tell the members of the league. The rules. Yeah, I'm not the I'm not the commission of that league. But what's <laughs> what's funny is in that league, 
it's two of my actually best friends who don't know each other, but they're in their league, so it's mm. really weird. Uh, but the same guy was complaining that we were having it at the end of the season. Now did he's you steal Twinkies with told- either of these guys? Which of these did you steal Twinkies with? None of them. <laughs> these are my new friends that don't <laughs> know about these that. Are not I'm the not OKC telling friends. About that. All right. Well, thank God they don't listen to the pod. <laughs> yeah. Your best friends. Yeah. All right. My wife has never heard this. Sharon, I love you. <laughs> All right. So that <laughs> next news item. Wizards beat the Knicks. Not particularly big news. And Perzingis was a late scratch. You probably want to check Perzingis for DFS uh, on the Rotowire daily lineups every night. Um, some interesting quotes, though, from ex-Nick and now current wizard Brandon Jennings, where uh, after the win, he enjoyed, I think, poking a stick into his old team. Uh, here are the quotes we were, about the Knicks. We were trying to learn an offense that guys didn't really know. Uh, and then regarding the, the the trade rumors, it definitely took a toll, I think, on the team because it wasn't even about basketball anymore. It was more about what was going on with Mello. And then Jennings said it was cool playing with Anthony, but noted that Anthony had, quote, a lot of pressure on him dealing with stuff with Phil. Okay. So this, I'm glad he came out and said this because this is basically what everybody assumed and had thought, right? And we can just start with the triangle that it's, it's somewhat antiquated, but Phil has obviously put pressure on Derek Fisher, now Jeff Hornacek, to at least run implementations of it. Now, here's my thing. Obviously, the triangle had its day in the sun. It, 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 it was the reason for many rings that mm-hmm. are currently on Phil Jackson's Twitter oh, profile bio, right, right. right? But the thing about today's NBA is you've got these freak athletes, and really it's about getting them in a groove. And so while the Warriors do run some plays, at some point when they're really firing on all cylinders, they're out there just playing free. And if you're trying to remember what to do in the triangle or constantly running plays, then you're just prohibiting these guys who just play best to just go run wild and free. And I think Carmelo Anthony is probably one of the you know better examples of just let him go play and get into a groove, and overall your team is going to be better off. I mean, what Brandon Jennings said is, is what we've been preaching the whole season. Uh, agreed, and I think it's just more evidence to the not very good job Phil Jackson's frankly doing. What a shame! I was kind of <laughs> hoping it would work out. Were you guys? No, no. All right, <laughs> fair enough. I guess I, I, you guys were more. I, I was too young to really remember the Bulls back in their heyday. So oh, at some point, you guys were probably oh, just yeah. done with it, and you were like, "Let's get this dynasty out of here." No, no, no. It, it, you know, so I lived in Chicago mm-hmm. for the six championships. Loved Phil, Pippen, Jordan, of course. But you also learn to hate the Knicks. So, you know, I'm just happy to see the Knicks fail. I think Dolan's the worst owner in the NBA, hands down. Actually, he was just ranked the worst owner. What was the new study that came out? Oh, ESPN was ranking front offices by ownership and presidents, Hmm. and they had the Knicks last. Um, But, no, I I just have a natural disdain for all sports in New York. I apologize. Yeah. All right. Last bit of news that I tacked on here, Ken. Yeah, please. Because I'm enraged. I have not Enraged. given. We're going to get into your old man rant, and I can't wait to see you do it actually in person for the first time. But here's a rant from me. Dwayne Wade, who's been dealing with this elbow injury, is planning on returning from this injury for Saturday's game against the Nets. Now, it was just a week ago that I literally said, he's done done when you asked, mm-hmm. is he coming back? And I, and I was quick to uh, you know, fix myself and say, well, maybe he'd come back for the playoffs. What this means, the fact that he's coming back Saturday, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled that he like, oh, wow, what a great turnaround. They were out of the playoffs when he said he was done for the season. <laughs> They're back in the playoffs. They're the seventh seed, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll take some of that spotlight. Thank you very much. <laughs> I hate this. I think it's a punk move. I think it's disgraceful, and I seriously, seriously just I, I just don't Does like it Does it even whatsoever. help? 
They're playing well without Well, Wade. that's the funny thing is that a lot of people think that he should just stay off and they'd have a better chance anyway. Yeah. Uh, on top the of that, I just... to stop. It's a punk move, though, yeah, right? It is a total punk move. And a veteran that doesn't frankly need any more attention, does he? Does he? Shannon, get, in, get angry. I, I don't think it's a punk move. I think that what? he was ruled out for the rest of the season with the assumption they wouldn't make the playoffs. Exactly. Yes. And now that they're back in and the playoffs... They'll gladly take him back. I don't know about that. If you surveyed the locker room based on how much, you know, how much he's talked about his teammates to the press this year, how he quit on the team Mm -hmm. and how he likely was mentally done. And Mm -hmm. now he's like, oh, wait, you guys have a, you know, you're back in the playoffs. Yeah, I'll come back. And I don't know. I think if you took an honest, candid survey of his teammates, I'd be curious to know if they actually do want him back. Well, first of all, I'm just happy to see you get your dander up. I've never seen an angry DJ. I'll say an angry DJ is still a pretty nice, polite DJ. Well, you'll notice <laughs> that I'm almost done with this coffee, and I would never have a hot take before having coffee. So we're at Very that good. point in the pod. Very good. All right. Well, and that is it for our, our news. Thank you for the, the wait news. <laughs> we will now move on to the sponsor of our program, Pristine Auction. They have daily auctions ending nightly with hundreds of items, hundreds of lots, tons of stuff for your man cave, always something perfect for any fan of any team. And there's three big reasons why. Authenticity. This is so important. They guarantee authenticity, and all items come with authentication from only the most trusted sources. They're affordable. Most people don't think they can afford this stuff, but it is much more affordable than you think. Go search on your favorite teams and you'll find out. And then finally, variety. They have so many items from so many trusted sources. You're really going to love how much you like. I just did a Celtic search, and I'm eyeing a signed Larry Bird authenticated jersey. Thinking that my, I'm looking to redo the man cave. I think a signed Bird jersey would go a long way. Shannon, what would be your dream item for a man cave? That doesn't involve Ooh. pornography. Oh, I, it's the same. It's always the same thing. It's it's Kelly Trapuca related. Oh. So I would love a vintage, like a game worn Kelly Trapuca Pistons jersey. That would be amazing. Or if someone had it, his mustache. <laughs> <laughs> what about mustache clippings? Yes. Yes. Okay. Very good. All right, I would, well, I would wear those. So go to pristineauction.com. That's p r i s t i n e auction.com. Uh, quick and free to register, and make sure you mention RotoWire when registering. DJ, you look like you want to say something. Well, I do. I'm I'm just ready to talk about this bet. Um, we need to follow uh, up on a bet that we talked about a week or two ago. So this really? particular one is whoever finishes highest in the RotoWire staff sure keeper league. Do I don't want to gets a pair of fan, a fancy stance NBA socks. Mm. You bring this up, Ken, because I think there's a little glimmer of hope for you because Shannon is now up four points on Ken. I'm long out of this. I, I've, I'm owing somebody socks. It was for within sure. a point and a half about five days ago. And okay. since been, the spread then returned to four points. And, and the pisser, Kyle Lowry returns at the worst time possible. If he'd come back a game earlier, I could have played him for four more games. Oh, yeah. Or lineup five lock. more games. Weekly lineup lock. Weekly lineup lock. Came back on a Wednesday. The Toronto played on Monday. So, and the news, I was sort of surprised. Did you guys know he was coming back? It I was, was a really, it blue, was, but. It was a quiet return. Um, I'll great say night, 27 much. points in his first, first game back. Yeah, twenty-seven, five, ten, and two steals on nine of sixteen, seven to seven from the line, two three-pointers. I mean, I from this performance, I'm ready to say, yeah, he's back, and he should be ready to go for uh, as long as a run in the playoffs that you know the Raptors can muster. DJ, you were a you were a pod pro. I, I, you did not know I was going to mention Kyle Lowry, and you had his stats up. 
Hey, Before like Lowry even got out of my mouth, I was. I got a. Uh, there's a lot of things you don't know that go on in the background here. I got quick Google fingers. We're also none of us are wearing shirts right now. We are completely topless. <laughs> I may be drinking coffee, but Ken's drinking something else. The sock. By the way, the socks bet. Have you picked probably, up the socks? Probably locked in. There are two categories I can move one point up in, yeah. um, and there's one I can move one down in. Pretty much every other category should be locked in. Ken, you could gain. An odd point or two, it's but done. that's about it. I mean, it doesn't. There's, yeah, there's only about one point that I think you'd be able to gain, and me lose one. So the bigger I, problem is I have lost all of this year's wagers, including these socks, and I have zero assets going into next year. <laughs> I think Julius Randall is my only, like, he, only guy worth keeping on, and then everyone else is forced out because they're all, they all expire on contracts. But. I'm well, in the same boat there. Okay. Well, well, what socks are you going with, by the way? Have you decided on the socks? Pist- pistons. Socks. I know pistons, but there's a few options. Well, they've got the can't be can't be the teal. No, no, teal. no teal. There's not one teal. You all know right. that is a perfect lead-in. To yeah. wow, I've been waiting so long to see what type of face you make when that no- when yeah. that noise comes out. And uh, it's just right. the same forty-seven-year-old old guy face I make all the time. It's yeah. a, it's the last one of the season, folks. So cherish it. Ken's crazy old man rant. Go for angst. it. Go for it, Ken. There are too many uniforms. I'm at Bucky's, the sports bar right next to Rotowire headquarters here in gorgeous Madison, Wisconsin. And the Diamondbacks are on. It's the third game of the season. They're already wearing teal retro uniforms. Third game. We're getting nostalgic in game three? Ridiculous! Every team has like 14 uniforms right now. It's the third freaking game of the season. Sleeves, no sleeves, Sunday alternates, Monday thongs. Where does the madness end? Flowers go in the front, big guy. Who has the best unis in the NBA? Celtics followed by Lakers and Bulls. You pick one winner and you stick with it. Also, Teal must officially be banned from all professional sports teams uniform. Teal is unacceptable. Eh. I love it. The only one allowed to wear the only person allowed to wear teal. Retro Vancouver basketball fans. That's the only that's the only allowable cuz they also had brown. It's so bad it's good. I think uh I think that makes sense. Anyway, so let it be said, so let it be done. That is the final old man rant of the day, of the year. Oh, eh. Sad one. I think it's hilarious that you haven't spoken into the mic once, but for the old man rant, you were making out with the mic. So You really got to stick it close. You really got to jam, yeah, jam it up in there. What, did, <laughs> what were the instructions when you first jumped on the mic, Shannon, that you got? Was it you should make, make out with the mic? Basically, yeah, put your lips on the mic. And you dip while talking. So What are you talking you, about? Do you get dip on the mic? What's this? Yeah, well, that's not, no? Okay. Wow, the things the things that get exposed when Ken comes to town. All right, guys, broad topic here. We break a law. The annual Myers Leonard <laughs> picks. My wife can't hear it. <laughs> Katie's not to listening to this pod. She only listens to the Finley pods. All right. So the annual Myers Leonard picks. The origin of this is that Shannon a couple years ago was very very high on Myers Leonard. A lot of people were uh, uncomfortably high. Uncomfortably high to the point where he was using almost. I, I forget what the percentage was, but nine bucks out of two hundred sixty dollars uh, in a keeper league, and it didn't work out for you. It didn't work out. So what this list is is players that were already too high heading on into next season that we probably need to cool each other off on and just say like, all right, ease expectations, buddy. So I'll I'll kick things off here. Uh, no surprise for me. Uh, I have a 
you know, a love affair with this guy, Will Barton. I think that, man, if this guy was ever freed up for some minutes, he would go off and he would be a top 30 fantasy guy because he can contribute in every single statistical category. Heading into next season, he still has one year left on this current deal, and it's a steal. Uh, he should be making, I think it's, what was it, three $3 million next year. So whether that means you can trade him, a lot of flexibility, or if they want to retain him, you know, there's just a lot going on where I still feel like next season he could be freed up for major minutes, maybe with the Nuggets, maybe with another team, and I'll happily draft him high. Obviously, some offseason things need to happen, so it's not the true maybe spirit of the Myers-Leonard uh, pick, but Will Barton is my guy that I'm irrationally high on. I have a handful of guys that I'm irrationally high on. And Hello. I, I, I think this happened to me this year as well. It was those second year players. Um, like I really enjoy. I liked what I saw out of D'Angelo Russell last season when Kobe was out. D'Angelo Russell was definitely yours last yeah. season. Yeah. So so he was so he was so fantastic when when Kobe was actually out of games last season that I expected him to just explode this year. I was drafting him ridiculously high. You know, third third round in my hometown league. I believe I drafted him this year. I mm-hmm. there were so many better point guards still available, <laughs> but I truly believed he had like top seven point guard upside this season. That hasn't worked out, but I kind of have that same theme going this year because I'm targeting sophomore guys again. Buddy Heald, I love what we've seen out of him since he's went to Sacramento. I think he's going to just another year of learning. So many learning shots the NBA game. Yeah, exactly. And, and as we saw throughout his college career, he grew every single year. I think we're going to see that in the NBA as well. Jamal Murray. Another guy, I think he. I think he's been. He's looked really good. He's one of DJ's favorites. Yes. I, I think the Nuggets are going to make a lot of roster moves this off season. You'd think an off season up. where he knows he's coming in as the point guard versus that tweener status he had yeah. coming this year would help a lot. Right? Yeah, I think they'll they'll clean up some of their depth to open up minutes for guys like him. Um, so I think I'm going to have. I'm going to be very high on him. Uh, and, and another sophomore, Brandon Ingram. I, I actually like what we've seen from him this year. I expected him to be raw and struggle this season. You know, everybody's kind of knocking him because he's number one, number two pick and hasn't looked all that impressive. But I, I like that the Lakers kind of brought him along slowly. He's getting some run now. He's doing a few things. I think there's upside with him. I, I, I still I believe he's going to be an all-star talent. Can you, I can't tell if Randall and Ingram play well together. Like, I haven't seen any. I don't know if they're the ideal fit. It's tough because I, this is a great question, and this is a question that the Lakers front office really has to ask themselves. You know, we've got these four young players, um, but do they actually fit well together? And it may take a couple of years for them to to find out if that's true or not. And I still think they are going to be in a rebuilding mode for the next two, maybe even three years. And that's a question that nobody has really given a definitive answer on yet. And I think we do need just more game film. I don't have a hot take on it either way. I just think we need we need to see them mature a little more before we know are are they actually going to be NBA players. Yeah, and their games are going to continue to develop as well. Um, so Ingram could come in and have two or three skills added or or improved upon next year that he doesn't have right now or didn't have going into this season. Your last guy here. I'll no, say he's got, two, he's got two guys. There's two, there's two, two guys. guys. Oh, two guys. Yeah, no, please say the last guy's name. All right. So <laughs> not not many people know how to say it. Timote Wawu uh Luwawu Kabaro. Okay. Nice. But here's 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 how we all will refer to him moving forward TLC. for the rest of the TLC. 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 Right. Like, 
When am I allowed to say TLC? That was that was my Timote yeah. Luawu Cabarro. That's how it's actually said. And TLC is actually a good nickname because that's an acronym that means something. No, that's a fantastic nickname. But here's the thing, Shannon, where I'm a little bit concerned. My issue with basically any Sixers player is that we've all come to love – you know, certain Sixers role guys, and then heading into next season, it turns out that guy who played lots of minutes was expendable. What makes you think that TLC is not one of those guys? All right. First of all, I just want to put him out there on people's radars okay. to, to watch, to to keep an eye on him. Over the past two weeks, he's averaged 14 points, four rebounds, two threes, one steal. He's and the shooting guards are terrible. Yeah, the like, shooting it's the one position terrible. that's utterly vacant. He, he's playing a lot because Covington got hurt. Everyone's out on that team. Gerald Henderson should not be starting right. on any NBA team. Now you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of guys come back healthy. Um, he's not gonna be tossing up 15 shots a game next year like he is right now because you're gonna have Sarich fully healthy and Bead hopefully will be back. Simmons will be back. Okafor maybe will be back. They're going to be a different team, totally different dynamic. But if for whatever reason he's locked in as their starting shooting guard, sure. and you have Simmons at point, Covington at three, Saric at four, and and beat at five, yeah, like I could see him being the starting shooting guard next year. If he is, I like what I've like what I've seen out of him this year. He's shown me enough that I'll pick him in. I'll pick him in drafts next year. It'll All be right. late. It'll yeah. be a flyer. Sure. So, I, uh, before, before I were on the Sixers, hold that point. I want to hear your point, DJ. But mm-hmm. you forwarded an email about Embiid being a top twenty fantasy guy next year. I think Shannon did. Oh, Shannon did. Well, because Shannon and I, when you have not been on the pod, we've had hot discussions about whether or not you should really even draft Embiid, and then where you should draft him. I already know for a fact that I'm I'm not going to have any shares of him because he's going to go way too high. And from I'm with where you. I feel I'm comfortable. with you. Yeah. So, what, and it's all based to me on games played. I think we need our wager now for next year. Our way too soon wager for next year. Who's closest? Predict games played by Embiid. Ken, you're trying to take all the money on my wallet. It's the, it's, we want, we, chances are 50 50. We thing. even remember this. So Shannon and I disagree a lot, but I don't know if we disagree to the point where we're ready to bet because now, <sighs> because I know that you're willing to admit if he plays more than 60 games, it'll be somewhat surprising or no? Yeah, of course that'll be surprising. Okay, so I don't think I, we have any room for all. All I'm saying is, I the debate in our previous podcast was I was saying he would be a third or fourth round pick because he's got top twenty upside. And, and I said I, w- I will not take him that high. All right, we're wagering a gin and tonic. You can afford a gin and tonic. And there are there are other <laughs> fantasy <laughs> basketball media outlets that were debating whether or not he was a tw- a top twenty pick. So I just want to say we weren't. Very like it wasn't a, a I, weird thing to suggest he would be a third or fourth round pick. No, I I understand that, but I just I think it's stupid well someone's going to fall in love with the name take, and yeah. it's going to is going to overdraft him. So let's games. All right, so come on, we need a number. I'm going to go with I'll start it, and it's just whoever's closest. There's no under over, just whoever's closest. I'll go with 52 games under. I was going to say split it right down the half. 41. Does he play half? Half the games. So 41, 51. Maybe I, now I'm feeling you're right a little end. Who's ever closest? Who's ever closest? Fifty-two. Uh, Thanks, oh, oh. <laughs> always working the system, but that's All good right. fantasy. You work the numbers. Forty-one, fifty-one, and fifty-two. We'll email that to each other. It'll fall to the bottom of our inbox, and right. we'll, for, we'll forget about it. I have a folder called wagers in okay. my <laughs> email. That's the biggest folder you have. Didn't I? <laughs> exactly. Okay, right. but you were going to make a point before I went off on the Embiid about the Sixers oh, and okay. TLC. So I think TLC is like your 
and it's not because both these guys are, are foreign shooting guards, but Tabo Cephalosha, I think that's kind of what to expect over him from him over the next couple of years, which isn't bad. Um, but I think NBA, he's a, it's not bad NBA. I've never seen ta- I've never wise. seen Cephalosha do what TLC has done I, the past uh, two weeks. I think TLC is more athletic than Tabo perhaps ever has been. But when you have a team of the guys that you just listed, Shannon, where you have uh, Simmons, you know, ball handling, where you have Embiid, where you have Saric, who's going to need a lot of shots too. I just don't think there's a lot of room in the lineup for TLC to take shots, but I think that's okay. And I think he can actually make a name for himself as a glue guy, yep. um, at least for the next couple of athletic glue guy. What, glue guy, what's wrong with that? And he's taken a bunch of threes. He's actually, like, that's been one of his knocks. Like, he's not that great of a shooter, but they have him out there chucking up threes. I mean, he's got two two games mm-hmm. of double-digit attempts, 7-8, seven, 11-7. Seven, you know, he's chucking them up. So if he works on his three-point shooter, he becomes a better, who's better, better from long range. Then who's, he's going to be a perfect fit with the rest of those guys. Yeah. With with a, a every team needs a catch and shoot guy yeah. if he can be. Now who's well, going to be better, Justin Anderson or TLC next year? See, that's the thing is that Justin Anderson is already a decent Same defender guy. They're right both, now. They're both wings. You know, they're both shooting guard slash small forward types. I, if we were making some sort of wager, I would, I would say TLC. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I don't think it's going to take long for TLC to surpass Justin Anderson. But here's the thing. I think Justin Anderson will be a fine filling guy for Robert Covington and TLC because he can do a little of what both of those guys do already. The funny thing here is that if TLC does develop a shot, the Sixers have no use for Nick Stausis. Which is probably a good thing. Which is definitely a good thing. So, <laughs> right. All right, Ken, let's move on to the la- your, your annual Myers-Leonard pick. And no uh, surprise here, we've got a Boston Celtic. So you had a lot of good, smart reasons for Will Barton using numbers, analytics. <laughs> and, and Shannon, you kind of took a shotgun approach. We're like, I'm going to name six names. So clearly one of them is going to be a breakout guy next year. Yeah, that's, wise I, approach. then yeah. I got it right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not follow either intelligent path. I'm going with a complete gut instinct scouting report path that Jalen Brown for the Celtics is going to be huge. And, you, you, and my reasons are all gut-oriented. Number one, love the fact he was invited to participate in the slam dunk contest and said he turned it down because he wanted to work on his game. I, I don't love know that about story. That. When players say that, I just, I don't know. I think he vacationed. And I'm not just saying <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm not like uh, damning his character. I'm just every NBA player has to say that. But when in reality, they just want to. How chill. many rookies are dying to get that spotlight bump? Yeah, that's fair. You know that's the fair. fact that he turned down what would have been a super easy opportunity to suddenly get his name to be much more famous. Love that he turned it down. Also, remember, you know he was a one and done guy at Cal. I just think much like all of Shannon sophomores, big upside. Jay Crowder, we're going to find out in the playoffs. He can, he's best at guarding LeBron James. He has up and down games. Is his streaky shooterness better off as a starter or as a small forward? I mean, as a guy off the bench. Real quick, Shannon, before you jump in here, in terms of contract situation, who's coming back, who's not, James Young does not have a contract, and Gone. Gerald Green. So essentially, things Gone. are going to remain the same. So, Ken, what you're saying and hoping is that Jalen Brown is going to surpass Crowder, Bradley, not surpass, but start to grab more of their minutes. Marcus Smart? I mean, part of this is also Bradley struggled to play healthy every year, sure. and I just assume that's going to continue. They're already forced starting Brown. Like, the organization has its eggs in the Jalen Brown basket. And when every time Bradley's been gone, they've been putting Brown in there, even though he's really a small forward, not a shooting guard. They're all in on developing that kid. I think they're all in and trying to see if they – 
if he's part of their future or not because they have so many assets. And so trial by fire, let's see what we've got in him. And do you think they've made the conclusion that, yes, he is somebody we want? I think he's proven he's someone that will work hard enough that, like an Avery Bradley, is going to improve one aspect of his game every offseason. Fair I enough. I think they love his makeup. Fair enough. I love the Brown sleeper pick because he's either going to be the best player on the Bulls or the second best player on the Pacers. <laughs> so I think it's a great pick. All right. Well, that's the, other, that's the other scenario. Yeah, he gets dealt in a nice package to a struggling team. And like a buddy healed, please take a gazillion shots because we're developing for the future. All right, guys, we got to wrap this up in the next five minutes. So moving on to our Friday FanDuel picks. Now, here's my advice. I'm not going to say a certain player's name because my advice at this point in the season is stay tuned to Rotowire to see who's in the lineup, who's not in the lineup. No, there. guess what uh, Van Gunny said yesterday? He's going to be giving more minutes to Henry Ellenson and uh, Boban Marjanovic, and I f- promptly followed up with a tweet, and that's when I stopped playing NBA DFS. <laughs> well, that's it's nonsense. If you, but it's if you've been watching fest. the Pistons the past few games, you'd know they've been spreading the the minutes out okay. pretty. Like, I mean, Drummond hasn't played over thirty minutes, or rarely is top thirty minutes for the past two or three weeks. Um, but I still like one Piston. There's one Piston because there's only one player at this position on their roster, I believe, and that's who's a true point guard. That's Ish Smith. So Ish Smith is still only 5600. They play the Rockets. It's going to be a fast, you know, fast paced, like high like scoring him. game. So I'm going to go with him here. I'm going to rattle off a few other picks I really like. Uh, the Phoenix Oklahoma City game, pretty much. Anyone from that game, it's going to be a high over-under. Devin Booker has been on fire, as everyone knows. Ulis Oladipo is under $6,000. I'll run any of those guys out there. And then and then San Antonio, we mentioned this earlier, they're sitting all their stars. So David Lee, Deadman, those are two options. And I'm actually rolling with both of them in one of my lineups. Jonathan Simmons is somebody. Kyle Anderson, who they both of those guys usually see minutes. They split time, so it's hard to pick between one or the other. You don't want to run both of them out there because they basically do the same thing. Yeah, I like the big men just because you've got LaMarcus and Paul Gasol both sitting out. So I, you have to assume David Lee and Deadman are both a lock for 25 minutes. Yeah. As somebody who plays NBA DFS every day, I, I'm the first one to admit that it is really hard to do at this time of the year. And it's really it's soul-crushing because I've already had it happen where lineup locks, boom, this guy's not playing at all. And, and it's just like, oh, come on. I thought he was going to be somebody who was solid. But, you know, you just have to be careful. Keep it locked to Rotowire all the way up into lineup lock. We have the green lit confirmed lineups. We're doing player notes constantly right after the news comes out, getting you the news as fast as possible. And really, if you're going to play DFS over the last week of the season, you have to be paying attention right up to lineup lock and getting all that information up to the last second. You're saying there's this site called Rotowire. Yes. That has a lot of fabulous information. It's on my page. At least three great basketball writers that we know of, which would be the three of us, sure. that people should be using for their DFS lineups. Correct. Just want to reiterate that. All right. So, Deadman, to Shannon's point, also 3,500. Might yes. be leading the team in shots. Maybe the only time ever. Yeah, 3,500? So 3,500. Yep. Wow, and so Dave Lee's only 4,000. So, I have LeBron James and Jokic in my lineup, which I never sneak two $10,000 players so in. So, that's, that's what I will say. There's no reason for you not, for everybody's lineup to have. Like all these bottom price guys and all these all stars, so you can fit in some pretty funky lineups where you have three guys over ten thousand dollars, and the rest are just filler guys that are going to see upwards of thirty five minutes. So. Why? Why we're at Shannon's lineup? Who are your cheap guys where you can afford James and 
Jokic. So cheap guys, I mean, Yule, or Ish Smith is only 5,600. Oladipo's 5,800. Um, I've got Ariza as one of my small forwards. I might change that. He's 5,800. Um, and then David Lee and Deadman, they're 4,000 and 3,500 respectively. All right. I'm tempted. I'm trying to figure out how to use those suggestions, but I like, I can't. I really like Kyle Lowry at eighty five hundred. Put him in there. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not necessarily going to stick with this lineup. Um, I might change out um, Jokic and, and James. I'm waiting for the New Orleans Pelicans news. I know Anthony Davis and Demarcus Cousins. There are some question marks about how much they'll play because they have a back to back set tonight and tomorrow. Uh, so I kind of want to see how that news breaks out. Um, might sneak one of them in instead of a LeBron. Uh, or it could end up going Drew Holiday if, if for whatever reason, Anthony Davis or, or Cousins sit. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the last Three Amigos pod. I believe that Nick and I will be back uh, with a couple pods next week, but for the most part, we're definitely winding down mispronounced names on this pod. Ken, I think this was your best performance ever, which means that next season you need to be here in the office for every <laughs> pod you do. So hopefully Sharon doesn't mind you commuting to Madison every Sharon Friday. Sharon would probably like less Ken. Okay. She might, in fact, encourage more rotowire trips. All right. We had SVP, SVG, I butchered TLC the first time and probably a couple more times after that. But otherwise, that's it, guys. Ken, right. why don't you get us out of here? All right, gentlemen. We're going to end with an inspirational quote from late Hall of Fame legend Moses Malone, because I want every one of our listeners to think this. And the quote is, I'll always be number one to myself. Attention, passengers! This three-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line! This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.